Welcome back to the Devi Devotional Podcast, where we stay devoted to Devi. I'm Aaron Wilcox, and I will not be joined tonight by my usual co-host, John, uh, but I was really excited to get some content out there for the 2026 class, so I just decided to go for it. I've got a solo podcast tonight, uh, so stick with me here, but go ahead and follow John while you're here on Twitter. He can be found at Dynasty Coach A, and we just can't wait to team up this offseason to break down all things Debbie and C2C, cover the 2023 rookie class, and then just the landscape of college football and prospects. But tonight, for you listeners, I wanted to provide some early thoughts and analysis on the 2026 class, so the incoming 2023 freshman class. And I'm just going to start with just a, a brief overview of the class, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, won't really get into tight ends yet. I'm still sifting through those, so I just it's not worth me spending time on that yet. But I'll give you an overview, and then we can go into the classes in a bit more depth. But mind, these things are early, so there, there's going to be risers. There's going to be changes in the class and guys that maybe fall out or fall into these um, top groups. But as an overview, I really like the QB class. It has a lot of high-end, top-end talent to it. Um, also a good amount of depth, though. There's quite a few guys who are really, really top tier who could be, say, in other draft classes, top tier guys. But in this class, they fall a little bit more just because of the number of quarterbacks that are very, very talented. Now, at running back, it's a class that maybe doesn't have that obvious B. John Robinson or Nicholas Singleton, but it does have some really talented guys. And I would say it's a deeper class overall. There's still a lot of guys who still need to be bulking up but ultimately I'm, I'm encouraged by this running back group and we'll get into a little bit more of the specifics here in a minute, but wide receivers is really where I start getting excited with this class just because the wide receiver group is it's deep. It's top heavy as well. I mean, it just has a lot of studs and a lot of guys, even in tier two that I'm super excited about. So can't wait to break down all those guys and, Man, I might almost need a whole podcast just devoted to the wide receivers, but we'll keep it somewhat brief tonight, uh, very informative. And I know I said I wasn't going to be talking tight ends, but um, there, there is some talent in this class. It's just yet to be seen exactly how deep it is. But if we're talking quarterbacks here, let's just start at the very top. And I have a bunch of guys in this tier one, but we'll start with Malachi Nelson. USC quarterback so yes he's going to Lincoln Riley system going to USC and, and I'm excited for him because we know what Lincoln Riley does for quarterbacks and he's the number two player while heading into the class the senior season and he maintained that five-star status with a great season and he's just been a good passer in high school uh, very good completion percentage you know good touchdown to interception ratio he is a very very functional athlete. Now, now we're not talking a mega producer on the ground. We're not talking a true Konami code, but he's mobile and he's very accurate, especially when he's, he's throwing all over the field. He has great touch to the ball. If I'm going to get nitpicky with it, maybe I'll, I'll question, does he have quite the zip and the power on some of those throws? He can get it there distance wise, but that would be my only question for him to clean up but he doesn't need to start right away. He's, he's going to be in a perfect system where he can wait while Caleb Williams does his thing this next year and Malachi will naturally take over. And that's what I project happening. And then we have another quarterback who's just very well known, Arch Manning, who's going to Texas, number one player in the class for most recruiting services and, and just this high, high-end five-star player. And statistically, he, he might have had some somewhat of a letdown senior season, but Still, he's such a good player. He's he's a complete and very smart quarterback. And I don't think that he's necessarily a zero in the rushing game either. He's functionally athletic. So he's, you know, he's not a star on the ground by any means, but he's going to be able to uh, extend plays and, and get what we need out of quarterbacks in this day and age. So I like his abilities there, but then I just love his arm talent and the way he processes the the way he understands the game and you know that name and five-star status is going to give him a lot of opportunities in college to improve and I think he has a lot of great guys to go to um, as far as developing his game further so like his decision making 
there's a lot of things to like about Arch Manning. Some people want to say that he's overrated just based on, on the family name. And I mean, I don't know how overrated he really is because he's just really, really good um, as a player. It's not just off of hype of the last name. Another guy in this class. Now I'm going to butcher this name just because I don't know. I've just never paid enough attention of how to pronounce it. So I'm sorry, Nico, but Nico, I am Aleva, Tennessee quarterback. And he's been the third overall player in the class heading into the season. It basically maintained that all season long and Tennessee, you know, we've probably heard that Tennessee is just throwing a ton of money his way in NIL. And I, I really do get it. When you look at his arm strength and his talent, it sticks out in this class. And that's amongst a bunch of guys who have really great arms, who are good quarterbacks. And in comparison to him, it's almost like they're throwing rainbows and looping balls and, and they're not. That's just how strong Nico's arm is. So Tennessee is going to love or wherever he lands. I, I'm pretty sure Tennessee has been decided upon and he's going to go into a great system there for his talents. Does he need to develop more? Absolutely. And he looks a little bit lanky right now because he's six foot five, 195. So he's bigger um, than most quarterbacks out there. Still needs to develop that frame, but I mean, close to 200. I really could see him putting on 20, 30 pounds without issue. And he's just a good athlete to start with. So I really think he's going to be able to develop that frame, work with that arm talent that he has in a system that will flash that. And he might have an opportunity to play right away at Tennessee. I really like him. I hate to really throw comps out there, but if you like maybe a Drew LR who went to Penn State this last year, I think you're going to like Nico as well. More development to come from him, but that should be expected with freshmen. Very, very uh, seldom do they have to start year one or are they ready to start that early? Another guy who's just very well known in this class is Dante Moore, who just recently flipped from Oregon to UCLA. And he's just such a solid four-star, I mean, he's really just a five-star type of talent in this quarterback class. If there weren't these other top-end guys, he probably would be um, that QB1 and even rated higher within the class. And he's just had very, very good production. He is a smart passer. He's going to get that knock, and you'll probably hear it. Maybe it's going to be overstated this, this season, but um, almost of a game manager, but he's just so he's so sound from a decision-making standpoint, and he's natural um, as far as a quarterback play can go. He's got lots of starting experience, so I think he's going to bring a nice level of experience right away to UCLA, and he's another kid who could start right away. I don't know what Colin Schley's going to do, if he's going to stay committed to UCLA as a guy who just recently wanted to transfer into there. I don't know. We'll see. Dante Moore... He's a good player. I'm not going to say that I was especially wowed. He is my quarterback three right now. In the, actually, no, he's, he's now after Nico. I just made that switch this week after rewatching them. It's not a knock on Dante Moore. It's just how much I like some of these other top guys as well. So Dante Moore, he's solid. He just doesn't quite get me as excited when I'm comparing him to some of these other guys. But then last guy I want to talk about today in depth is Jackson Arnold, and he's going to Oklahoma probably sit for one year, but he's just a talented recruit who continues to rise. He's a QB four in the composite and QB five for 24 seven sports. And he should be talked about in this upper tier and in this draft class, he's kind of unlucky being in this class that he gets, you know, pushed down a little bit, but he's been really productive. He's, he's a very talented rusher. I mean, the senior year, he had 921 yards, 921 rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, like um, very good production there. So if we're going to project him to the pros, sure. He's probably not a Konami code, but he has just fine mobility. And in college, that'll be very nice for C2C rosters as well. And I'm hoping that, you know, he's got good arm talents. I'm not going to go in-depth breaking that down. He's fine there. So I'm hoping his floor is at least like a Sam Hartman we saw be a very, very functional college quarterback with enough mobility and willingness to, to score a lot of touchdowns on the ground in addition to passing. So instead of going over the rest of these names um, in depth, I mean, Avery Johnson, Jalen Rashada, a couple more guys who are catching my eye. And, and there's a lot of guys in the class. I know some like Austin Nova said, who's going now to Oregon. He flipped from Baylor. 
there's a couple guys going to Clemson, Alabama, Kevin Minchie, Notre Dame. I mean, those are some notable names I've heard out there. I'm just not quite as wowed with them. None of them are tier one players at this point in time. So that top tier there is really, really talented. And I think that this class is, is one of the better quarterback classes in its entirety in that top tier that we've seen in some time. You know a lot of people were excited about the quarterback class last year. I prefer this one. I just do. But let's go into the running backs now in the 2026 class. And as I, as I said before, maybe not one clear top guy. I think one guy seems to be emerging in the Devi C2C landscape. I'm not 100% sure if we should be quite that confident in that. But Cedric Baxter, Texas running back at six foot one, 215 pounds. He is ready to play in college. He's a beast. He has risen all the way up to RB1 and a five-star in the composite. And he's, he's a guy who's just a complete overall player. He has enough speed. He's been laser-timed in the 4-5 range. He's hit 21 and a half miles per hour. And he has at least average, if not above average, um, lateral agility abilities, um, contact balance to his game. I haven't necessarily seen a lot of power in his game, but as far as making guys miss, he almost wants to use that DeAndre Swift style, like dead leg, though he isn't necessarily consistently using that as part of his, his arsenal of moves. He's just college ready. He's going to Texas, which is putting out Bijan, and I think that Texas is just going to be continuing to put out a lot of running back talent. They got Jaden Blue. They have a couple other guys there. I like Brooks. I've heard Keelan Robinson thrown out there as an option this next year. I'm not sure I believe that, but Patrick Baxter could be better than all of those guys in that backfield. And it wouldn't be surprising to see him at least see the field a decent amounts uh, as a true freshman, maybe rising like Quinchon Judkins did as far as just garnering a lot of carries despite other talent there. We know that there's a talented enough freshman back that usually see the field in some capacity. So I think Baxter could force his way onto that Texas uh, or into that rotation, assuming they even have a rotation and he doesn't win the job outright. So next after that, for, for a lot of people, this player will, will vary. I don't think everybody, this is not a consensus take by any means. Ruben Owens, Texas A&M running back is who I have next. And for a while he was committed to Louisville. I think people raised their eyebrows and are like, what? Texas A&M just makes more sense for him. He's 5'11", 190 pounds. So right now, keep in mind, all of these weights are during their season's senior season. I mean, I'm, I'm recording this at the very end of December. These weights could definitely be updated in a month or two, or once they actually um, present to the team, whether they're going to enroll early, enroll later in the summer. Yeah, these weights are going to fluctuate a little bit here, and hopefully all of them going upwards. So 5'11", 190, so easily could see him up 200 plus as far as a player goes. And he was a five, well, five-star who got passed up as the RB1 on the composite by Cedric Baxter, who we just talked about. But for 24-7, Ruben Owens is still the number one running back in the class. And yes, he's a little older for the class. I'm not really knocking him for that. It's not like this guy's like 23 in, in high school or something like that. Not that worried. And honestly... With his 100-meter dash time and, I don't know, his speed on the field, I'm impressed. 10.68 100-meter dash time, that's impressive. And I don't think he's going to be a 4-3 guy, but, I mean, 4-4s four is definitely within his range of outcomes, in my opinion. Now, his production in high school has just been studly. You could tell that he has that return background as far as a kick returner. And he can just make a guy miss laterally, subtly, using that speed and lateral agility that he possesses. I just love his arsenal of moves, his, his moving ability. I mean, his movements are just awesome out there. And while he needs to bulk up, yes, that's a given for most of these backs. He seems comfortable playing inside, slipping tackles, using some power considering his size. And he flashes even good vision. And he's a functional receiver. It's like, what more do you want out of a guy? And he reminds me a little bit style-wise of like a faster LaShawn McCoy. I don't really know ultimately if that's a fair comp to him, but I'm assuming he gets up to that 205-ish mark, and he's probably never going to be 
a bruiser, right? But he's going to utilize that speed and, and be very special. You know, I really hope that he can live up to um, his, his status as a high-end recruit. I think he can. He's got a lot of talent. But after Ruben Owens, for me, it might drop off a little bit. I have Richard Young next, Alabama. He is a five-star in the composite and RB2 in the class um, amongst many rankers. And he's another guy who we actually see him at 200 pounds. There's conflicting sources on that, but he's a fast kid at 200 pounds going to Bama. I like that. 10-8, 100-meter dash time. He was clocked at over 21 miles per hour, and he flashes that on the field. And he's a guy who can make a guy miss through power. He's not as extremely shifty, but he can also make a guy miss in other ways. And I just think that he's going to be a solid back going to Alabama. I just worry a little bit about when does he see the field? I don't have those answers quite yet, but he's a promising back. And that'll lead me to the next guy on this list, another Alabama back. So it's like, oh, we got two top end dudes going to Bama in this class. And that's Justice Hayes, Haynes. 5'11", 200 pounds. Haynes, he's a very, very good four-star and very productive um, through the last, what, three, four years in, in high school. He's just been a stud. And I think he's a, not quite as fast from what I estimate, probably a four-five guy, but I think he has really nice agility and smoothness for a back of his size at nearly that 200 pounds. Again, I've seen conflicting sources on his weight. I'm going to trust that he's close-ish to that 200 pound mark, um, but he's capable as a receiver. So that's really important um, for those guys, hopefully be three down backs. And I found him to be patient, elusive, and have even a little bit of power to his game. So it's hard to differentiate Justice Haynes and Richard Young as the two Alabama freshmen. And unfortunately there's some talent ahead of those guys. I think Jamarian Miller was actually a good comp for Haynes. Um, Demorian's going to be ahead of him. We got McClellan. We got Rodell Williams. Who else might transfer in there? We, we don't really know. But as far as style-wise, Haynes should fit in pretty well there if he can actually gain some playing time um, eventually. But we got to wait for him. So in C2C leagues, you got to take that into consideration. In Devi, well, you still got to wait. Ultimately, drafting a guy who's that far out, you'd like to see some more immediate value returns. I know you're not getting production in Devi, but production does matter for value if this guy is going to go up or if he's just going to maintain. So I, I know the guys at C2C really, really love him. I've heard that he's a tier one, uh, maybe the RB1 for some folks over there at Campus Academy. I love the work that those guys are doing. I don't have him there. However, Haynes is a very talented back. I'm going to go a little bit faster throughout the rest of this group just so we don't spend all night on, on running back class. Uh, as I said, it's very, very deep and promising but Amarian Peterson at USC running back is a guy who really gets me excited because he had all these great offers Penn State Texas Alabama USC and I still got to check up on everything how everything turned out his senior season because I haven't watched everything there but his junior highlights I mean it just makes sense why this guy was getting those offers he's very very solid from a birth standpoint he's got good contact balance he can cut he can move elusively, um, laterally. He just is not easy to bring down. And I find him to be pretty decisive, not necessarily impatient, but he's a decisive player. So I'm thinking that he has a very high ceiling with some opportunity at USC coming up. So I know there's another back in this tier, Quentin Joyner. He's, he's a few spots down in rankings for me. Um, I, I had Peterson at five and I believe I have uh, Joyner at eight right now, but Joyner's another USC back who's very good RB7 in the composite. So he's a very, very solid four-star who he did drop actually down to RB11, I think most recently in those composite rankings, but he's still the RB6 on, on 247. And I don't know, I think some guys, I've seen Fusu out there say that he likes Joyner more than a Haynes even. Just a very good high school producer. And he's sub 11 seconds in the 100. 21 plus miles per hour. So he's got a lot going on as far as speed goes. And at 5'11", 203, he's another guy just like Peterson who can probably handle a large workload if he gets that opportunity. I am a little bit more concerned about Joyner as a complete player. I've seen some big plays that are just achieved by just outrunning everybody, getting to the outside, running in a kind of a straight line. 
I don't know. I think he can slip tacklers just fine, and maybe he'll be that next Lincoln Riley back who has a similar style to a Travis Dye or Kennedy Brooks. Hopefully better upside, but I think Peterson's also going to give him a run for his money. I need to mention Jeremiah Well. He is listed as an athlete, so I don't know truly if he's going to play running back. But if he does, I find him to be very exciting. He's a, a 10, 700-meter track athlete. He's quick, fast, good lateral agility, and he's very slippery when he wants to be. I think there's a lot of unknown, and that's why he's not talked about more in this class. But Jeremiah Love is fun. And Dontavious Braswell is another fun player in this class. He's a South Carolina back, solid four-star, and he's been rising um, up to RB14 in the composite. And and uh, actually, I think he was RB16 in the composite, RB14 on 247. And he has some very interesting offers as well, though. I mean, Braswell was pulling teams like Alabama, Oregon, Tennessee, uh, Penn State, in addition to ending up at South Carolina. Man, he was the RB3 amongst analysts that I saw. I think on the C2C crew um, this last season going into the senior year for him. And he's another guy who, who drops 10, seven times and he's fast with good burst and long speed. And well, I mean, he wants to bounce it outside all the time and he's maybe not the most patient player out there. I think he can develop. I mean, he's 5'11", 200 with that athletic ability I mean, I hope that he's not like a Kamar Wheaton as far as being not quite well enough developed, but I need to go back or I need to at least see his senior tape because that's going to be a theme with some of these guys that I go over. I haven't seen all of their updated tape. There's a few guys I have, Cedric Baxter, Ruben Owens, Richard Young, Justice Haynes, but a lot of the remaining guys I have not seen the most recent tape for. Um, and that's including Caleb Jackson. And, and part of the reason Caleb Jackson, he's an LSU back, 5'10", 200. You'll notice a lot of these backs around 200, yes. And he's a guy who was RB6 in the composite heading into his senior season, but has dropped down to RB9. And a big reason for that is a leg injury his senior year. He fractured his ankle, unfortunately. But it should be a couple-month injury. He should bounce back from that, I would anticipate, at least in the long term. His testing time is great. 10-6, um, good speed on the field as well. Never going to think that he's a burner necessarily, but but he's a fast kid who's maybe a bit stiff, but I like his game. He's even flashed in the receiving game, and while he is really solid, maybe not elite high school film, I think he can stick out at the next level and plays kind of like Quinchon Judkins in some ways if we're going to replicate or at least give him a stylistic comp, not an outcome comp necessarily. Mark Fletcher is another guy. I'm not going to go into depth on him necessarily. He's just a talented guy who's, who's dropped a little bit. He was committed to Ohio State. Don't know where he's going to end up now. I haven't checked recently for a couple of these commits in the last couple of days. But, um, yeah, he's got, he's got bursts. He's got enough agility at 225 pounds. Mark Fletcher is a large back, 6'1", 225. And he has what it takes to be a good all-around college back but I want to see one better speed of course and two good health I don't know how he ended up this senior season he does run with a little bit of an upright running style but he's just you know he's got something special to him uh, I shouldn't even say special but he's just got a lot of abilities to him at that size which I think is fun so maybe Katron Allen Trevante Citizen like you know Mark Fletcher he's an interesting one that I don't see talked about enough in my opinion in this uh, landscape and C2C and scouting. And another guy that I like, Tram Webb, Florida, solid four-star. He, he was a top six back in both the composite and 247 services. Um, until the senior season, he's really dropped, which is kind of strange. And maybe it's, it's because he's not that fast. I'll have to look into his senior season a bit more, but he's got enough agility, power, stiff arm, contact balance. All those things were things that I was checking off with him. And that's 6'1", 205. That's good at going to Florida. Um, another guy I really like, Dante Dowdle, Oregon back. Now, I don't have him in my top 10, but like I was saying, there's a lot of depth in this class, and he can certainly be higher. I don't know that he's going to be Jonathan Taylor, Braylon Allen-like. Maybe he's more in that A.J. Dillon or Stevie Scott spectrum, which Stevie Scott, that's maybe a low blow, but – Dante Doddle at 6'1", 2'10". He kind of moves like them. I don't think he's going to be breaking into the 4'4s 
more of a four five. But if I had to guess, I think he lacks lateral agility. I don't see him changing direction that well. Some concerns of mine. He's a big athletic guy going to Oregon. Eventually, hopefully, he gets a shot. Kendrick or Kendrick Riscano. So I'm not sure where he's officially going to commit to. Uh, Michigan State, Ole Miss were a couple of teams that he was very interested in, but he's just a riser in this class, four-star player, um, ten top 10 back, and actually each the composite in 247. And while I haven't seen a senior tape yet, he just continues to play better and better, and I think that he's got fine speed, nothing special, but he's another one who plays through contact um, with really nice balance and good vision. I, I think he could be a serious riser in this class, if he gets a little bit bigger, especially 5'11", 190, 195 I've seen out there. So, I mean, maybe in that Ruben Owens range, but not small by any means. He's got time. So, I like the flashes I've seen. I would be it probably in big trouble if I did not mention Roderick Robinson, Georgia. And just out of respect for a lot of guys in this community, I definitely wanted to include him in this group, even if for me, he's a little bit lower. Uh, he's the RB13 in the composite. He's, he's a solid four-star guy with some very solid offers. And honestly, he, he was rising a senior season. So he's another guy where I tried rewatching some of his stuff from his senior highlights. Haven't seen all of it quite yet. But I mean, really, he's this big 230-pound, six foot one back who just out bullies everyone. And I'm not sure necessarily if, if he's going to be able to do that at the pro level. But at college, in college, at Georgia, I certainly could see him at least getting a role eventually, similar to Alabama. When is that going to be? I don't know. Roger Robinson, you might be waiting a while for any sort of production flashes there. I could see him eventually transferring out if he doesn't win over Andrew Paul, who I like better. And also, um, oh, Branson Robinson, there it is couple of very very talented guys who are in the 2025 class in this 26 class I just don't know if Robinson wants to wait around maybe three years to really get that workhorse uh, lead back role if he even gets that but hey he as far as like requisite size enough burst and again not a burner but enough burst is apparently a capable receiving option you could do worse for sure you got to shoot for upside sometimes and he has that with his landing spot and just his natural abilities and size. I think that's enough for this class. I, I could talk about Dylan Edwards, the small Colorado back. I could talk about Isaiah Augusta, the um, Arkansas back, who for me is just kind of a weird eval. He's like 6'2", 195 pounds, so kind of this tall, lanky guy, ranked really high by some. I don't necessarily see the hype there, so I'm not going to group him in with the guys I covered. There's a lot of small guys in this class that could certainly end up bulking up. I'm not confident by any means that they do so, but there's a lot of guys that like, yeah, I won't even go through all of them because there's quite a few guys where it's like, hey, if they put on another 15 pounds, they're maybe jumping up a tier. They're going to make an impact. But right now, too many 175 to 180 or so um, pound backs, in my opinion. So we shall see on those. Let's go into the wide receivers here. And this is a really, really fun group where I don't blame anybody for saying maybe maybe there's 10 tier one guys, or maybe they really like one guy, but then there's a whole bunch of guys in a similar tier after that. I don't blame anyone for how they group that together. Let's just be honest and say there's a lot of talent. Um, and I'm really excited to break that down here. Zachariah Branch is the first one that I really want to talk about. He's going to USC, and he's a little bit small. That's probably the concern that everybody's going to have if they have any with Zachariah Branch. And at 5'10", 172, being the number one wide receiver on on three, composite 24-7 going into his senior season throughout the process, that's just fun. I mean, he is such a fast, dynamic player. He's like a 10-3-3, 100-meter time athlete. I mean, that's big time. And I think he can be deployed like a Tyreek Hill at the next level. I've heard Jalen Waddle as well as a comp. I mean, those are pretty similar players. So, yeah, I get it. Flashes, very, very good hands, ball tracking for a guy of his size. I don't really have concerns with that aspect of his game, which is good. And it seems like he's going to be able to separate and elude defenders just with the ease. He's an electric 
uh, returner, he could at least bring that to USC right away. So that's exciting. He's going to get a little bit of competition, though, from the number two wide receiver, in my opinion, in the class, Makai Lemon. He's also going to USC. And Lemon's a little bit bigger. He's six foot, 180. And he's going to have some sort of um, connection as he as he played um, alongside um, the quarterback also that is going to USC that we talked about earlier. So, I mean, let, let's not – Let's not um, discount him as maybe the best wide receiver in this class. I know Branch gets a little bit more hype, but I mean, Malachi Nelson and, and Mikhail Lemon, if, if they really translate that chemistry, that's special. That, that really is. And they played really great competition in high school too. So Lemon's pretty well tested and he's a very fast guy as well. So like I said, Branch is a fast dude. Well, Lemon, I, I'm guessing he's going to be in the four threes, maybe the four fours, and just very agile and quick. And he's a versatile player. So I could see him being like a Justin Jefferson or maybe maybe a Jordan Addison replacement from as USC is going to be losing him. So I just like everything the Makai Lemon's game. He's a tier one guy. He didn't necessarily cover this, but for me, I have five guys in that number one tier in this class. And then some guys who are in this super talented tier two. I really hate to leave any of those guys out of the tier one, but I had to separate it. Um, it it's hard to have nine, well, it'd be 11, no, 12 guys in, in one tier. I need to separate it somehow. And the guys who truly have difference making potential from both an athleticism standpoint and just as all around wide receivers, um, there, there are five guys here who I really like for that. And the third guy here, Jerry and Dickey, Oregon wide receiver, different than the first two guys and anybody else in my tier one, actually, just because he's so big. He's six foot three, 210 pounds. He's a late riser to become a five star and the wide receiver two overall in the composite. And he's a wide receiver, or he is the wide receiver for some guys over at Campus to Canton. Um, they talked about that on the official, which is a great podcast if you're interested in incoming recruits. So check those guys out. But yeah, Jerry and Dickey is. He is a great riser who has got enough long speed for a six foot three, 210 pound developed guy. I've heard some speculation. Oh, could he play tight end? I don't, I don't really think that he's going to, unless he really tries to take the Kyle Pitts route, which is difficult to do, but I think he's a wide receiver. I don't know. I think that is 40 times. They're okay. 11, three. And I, I can understand why maybe a guy of that size has a hard, hard ish time getting in and out of the blocks. We'll see what he does his senior season. I don't know if he's running track, but I do know that he flashes enough speed on the field where I don't have concerns for him. I, I really don't. I think he's a four or five guy, and that's really what you need, um, especially when you have all the speed. Well, when you have that size matched with enough speed and, and good movement ability. So I think his route running and movement for a big wide receiver is what sets him apart from some of the other larger wide receivers in this class. I think his ball spit, ball skills are really good. It could be even special. He's just a great contested catcher, good all-around player. So I don't see any reason to not include him in this tier one. Um, yeah, I, I love him. I love Jontae Cook, Texas wide receiver, number number four guy for me in the class. He's been a top 10 wide receiver in all or most of the recruiting services from what I've seen. And he's a five-star guy, at least coming into – his senior season in the composite he's fun a top three guy a tier one guy in the class for many again guys at the official love him too i've heard nothing but good things from those who have actually studied him a good amount and the long speed is just apparent with cook and at texas that's going to be super fun um, i wonder if he breaks out like worthy did he's a different size he's six foot 175 though so i mean he's bigger than worthy but yeah, he's a smooth kid, very smooth, can in and out of breaks just fine with good route running ability. He's got a good wingspan, and he seems to be a, a, a end zone, a red zone threat. I thought of maybe Jordan Addison at first, but honestly, it's like OBJ out there at times. Uh, uh, maybe not that extravagant of one hand catches, maybe not that crazy, but yeah, sounds like a lot of fun at wide receiver. And the last guy, I struggled to put him in this tier. I can understand why a lot of people don't quite have him this high, but Jalen Hale 
Alabama wide receiver, high, high end four star player. And he had offers from literally every top school out there, Ohio State, Bama, Texas, USC. And he's got very good speed. I think he's a four, four dude. He's very smooth. Um, instead of just that pure burst, I mean, he just makes it look easy out there. And I think he has enough ability to change directions and versatility to play outside, inside. And he's got the hands uh, for the position. It's really hard to comp him. And maybe he's not as sudden as other Alabama wide receivers like Judy, but he's he's smooth like that otherwise. I mean, other than you know, how Judy is, everybody was concerned about the Valgus just due to the um, way he would snap in and out of his routes and the way that his knee would bend. But, I mean, Jalen Hale, a little bit smoother version of that in some ways. So, it's a great spot to land if you're a wide receiver. And if we're being honest, Alabama needs guys to come in. So there, there's other guys that are coming in, other guys that are talented there already. Jalen Hale, just in this true freshman class, I'm only including and in talking about the guys who are coming right out of high school as part of the 2026 class. Uh, Hale is by far the favorites amongst the Alabama recruits. That's for sure for me. We got a tear break here, and you know, not everybody's going to agree with that. I understand it, and we would to talk to somebody about that process a little bit more in depth. But I have a bunch of guys here. I'm going to rattle off their names. I'm going to give you some quick thoughts. Um, Noah Rogers, Carnell Tate, both Ohio State wide receivers. Hakeem Williams, Florida State wide receiver. Shelton Sampson, LSU wide receiver. Brandon Innes. Innes. Ohio State, so another Ohio State wide receiver, Jalen Brown, LSU, DeAndre Moore, Louisville, at least last time I checked, and that's that's it for this tier. So that was the order I have them in. There's going to be some shuffling around with those guys, and I'm sure a lot of people out there are like, whoa, Brandon Innes, what, what are you doing having him down that low at wide receiver 10? I actually, yeah, yeah, 10, and I don't necessarily love all aspects of his game and I should I'll just cover that before I even cover the other Ohio State guys which I have higher at the top of this tier because Brennan Innes just the guy who's been able to play all over the field in high school a top six wide receiver um, across the board amongst the recruiting services and he just lacks a little bit of log speed unfortunately I just don't think that his ceiling is as high as some of the other guys with his size, so he's six foot, 190. So, I mean, a fine build. It's not like that's a bad build. But I also think that his ceiling is a 4'5 guy. I think he's he's got a 4'6 time in his past in the 40-meter dash. I don't know. I, I don't think that he's going to be quite that slow. But I think 24-7 just recently also posted some concerns. And I saw that after I'd already noticed kind of that lack of breakaway speed in this game. Otherwise, I'm going to go over some some pros to make sure that it's not just me hating on this kid because he's quick. He's great contact balance. Um, he's a physical player. So for six foot in height, he really plays like a bigger guy as far as going up to get the ball. So, I mean, I love his ball skills. I think he's going to need to rely on being a technician, probably not an outside receiver exclusively, at least. Um, there's a chance he, he can be with those dominant ball skills, but I, if I'm going to comp him, it's going to be to probably a guy who doesn't have a ton of breakaway speed, long speed, um, somebody who's a little bit more of a technician, maybe an Adam Thielen, Parker Washington, maybe. I mean, I, I hope he's better than Parker Washington has been. Not a slight necessarily, um, Washington, but people have high, high up expectations out of Brandon Innes, and I don't quite see that. I heard him comp to Mecca Buka. He's just not a, a, that elusive, that explosive. He's just not. He's not going to have that high of a yards per reception. I would make a bet um, that Brandon Innes is not like a, a 16 or higher yards per reception type guy in college. I just don't see it, at least once we get a decent sample of him. But he's refined enough to play right away at Ohio State, and maybe that's enough for him to get his foot in the door and continue to develop and get playing time there ahead of guys like Noah Rogers and Cardinal Tate. And both those guys, Noah Rogers, Carnell Tate, are around the same size, six foot two, 180 to 185 pounds. And Noah Rogers, 
probably a bit more raw, but I really, really like as far as his movement abilities for that size to be a really good route runner. He needs to develop there, of course. It, and most of these guys are in the same boat as far as needing some more development to their game. What, what better place can you get than Ohio State? I mean, what have they been putting out the last few years? Even if he only gets to play maybe one year and Brian Hartline, the wide receiver coach at Ohio State, moves on that's still a really good start for development of these guys and some good mentors to look up to in that wide receiver room so very interesting player i i thought he was pretty unguardable in high school he didn't even seem like he was trying at times so with both his athletic abilities i know he's not a great time speed guy and i don't really see him as a guy who's exploding out of the blocks and track but on the football field i think he's super super fun just can't rely too much on those contested catch um, plays, but he's at least talented in that area for sure. And Cardinal Tate is just a controversial wide receiver, and I like him. He's he's a five-star in 24-7, a um, little bit lower as wide receiver 10 on the composite. And I don't know, I mean, playing for IMG Academy, there's some weird things where statistics aren't going to be super reliable if, if you just go on that analysis of him. But he seems to have solid speed for, again, a bigger wide receiver. And he's quick to get in and out of breaks, similar to Noah Rogers, which I find valuable in those bigger guys. They need to be able to do that, in my opinion. And based on basically every big guy that you see nowadays in the NFL, he flashes really good hands. He's, he's going to put his body on the line to make catches. And he even has some return experience. So maybe he's in that Chris Godwin to George Pickens spectrum. I think both these guys, I mean, they have some similarities to a Pickens, but let's not say that that is a great comp by any means. It's just one that kind of quickly came to mind when I was looking at this kid and watching him. He's just an incomplete eval at this point, but again, Ohio State can mold these guys into great players, and this is something that I didn't see last year out of, out of Ohio State's wide receiver class in recruiting is some of just the raw talent, raw abilities and size that these wide receivers possess coming into Ohio State in the 2026 class. Um, Hakeem Williams has been a riser all the way to wide receiver three in the entire class. He is in my tier two. His, his offers list is elite. I think FSU, I mean, would I change my mind if you went to Bama? Eh, maybe, because I mean, FSU is not known for producing pro talent, but Hakeem Williams is super fast on the field. He's been clocked at 22 plus miles per hour and he flashes what you want from a hands contested catch standpoint. Yeah, he's raw. Absolutely. Most of these guys in this tier are raw besides Brandon Innes, really. Um, I guess you could argue that Shelton Sampson, who I'll talk about next, is not that raw, but Hakeem Williams has been comped by a um, friend of the show, Debbie Dietz, uh, Austin Dayset, C2C. He's comped him to Demarius Thomas, which I think is fair. I'd say A.J. Green is the ceiling if Hakeem Williams can really refine his skills um, at the wide receiver position. So those are my quick thoughts on the six foot three, 200 pound incoming freshman. Another big guy, six foot four, 181. So maybe a little bit more slender at this time. I think he's going to put on plenty of weight. Not worried whatsoever about Shelton Sampson going to LSU. Again, 6'4", 181. Functionally, he's solid on the field speed-wise. His time testing is not great at another guy who's at around that 11-3 range. But I think he's he's smooth. I mean, smooth as a, both a catcher, yes. He tracks the ball really well. But just smooth as a player on the field as well. Vibes, um, Which I think is, is funny because I found him to be pretty smooth overall, but then I still comped him to DK Metcalf, who probably don't think of him as like the most agile player. And I'm not saying that Shelton Sampson's agility is through the roof. It's elite by any means. Um, but I, I don't know. I saw some similarities in the play style there. And I don't know. I've had other people compare him to Terrace Marshall. I don't know. I don't like that as much, but I can see it. They went to LSU. So maybe that's just a lazy comp that I've heard thrown out there. Again, don't love it. But Sheldon Sampson, you should get excited about him. He's got a lot of upside to him, and he's going to a great place for wide receivers. And another LSU wide receiver, Jalen Brown, somebody I want to talk about in this tier. It's not popular to have Jalen Brown here. He has fallen his senior season in the recruit rankings, at least. So, I mean, he was a top five guy, and now he's fallen to wide receiver 13 in the composite. That's 
kind of concerning. And I see a lot of guys um, are bumping him down the rankings accordingly. Not sure what's going on there completely. So again, I've watched some of these guys' um, senior films and some of the statistics out there, which can be spotty as far as how much is published. More and more is coming out now. So I need to yes, do another deep dive on Jalen Brown going to LSU, but he's super fast. I mean, big, big time, um, big playability. And yeah, I mean, 10, 600 meter play, play speed. I mean, that's great. Um, he flashes ability as a returner, as a deep threat. He's still developing as maybe that underneath intermediate guy, but I don't know. He flashes good hands. So all of the athletic ability in the world, good hands to him. I think that he's able to get in and out, in and out of breaks, even though um, we, we haven't seen that quite as extensively as we'd like. So must look into him more, must see why he's, he's fallen down the boards, but reminds me a little bit of a Troy Franklin, which is really fun wide receiver. Most people had him top five in his class. It just shows the depth of this class that Jalen Brown can be outside of people's top 15 or 20 wide receivers. He's still super talented, should not be forgotten about. And the last guy I'll cover in depth here is, is DeAndre Moore, Jr., Louisville as of right now at least. Um, wide receiver, 17 in the composite. But, I mean, he's had some really great offers out there. And I'm surprised by the Louisville commit. I believe he's teaming up with his quarterback from high school to go there. I think that's why. But um, he was drafted top 15, not amongst wide receivers, but overall in a mock draft by the official this season. <laughs> this 2022 season and I thought that was awesome I mean it confirms I guess some of the reasons I was high on DeAndre Moore or at least that I'm not crazy I'm not the only one who's seeing this guy he's very fast he's quick he's elusive six foot 185 pounds I like that that's solid and I just love his ability to play inside and outside and hopefully you can translate that to college I mean he's got the hands he's got the playmaking ability I mean, these are lofty comps, but he just reminds me so much of like a DJ Moore, a Garrett Wilson. Um, he's a little bit bigger, but like bigger than a Hollywood Brown, but just fun guys who ended up being really good prospects. And he reminds me of all of them when I watch him play. Honestly, I've seen guys have him higher and I've seen him off of people's lists um, just because maybe they're not familiar with him yet. But DeAndre Moore Jr. is a super talented guy we should really take note of. You'll notice that there, there's a couple players that I did not mention here. Um, Jaquazy Petaway, Oklahoma, is good. Um, Jaden Greathouse, that's going to be a bold one to leave off of that tier two. I still have him as a top 16 wide receiver in the class. So do not panic by any means. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he's a solid four-star. I think there is a reason, though, that he's wide receiver 22 in the composite. Jaden Greathouse is wide receiver 34 on 24-7 sports. And some of that maybe is his speed. I mean, he's been clocked at 19 miles per hour as his, his top end speed. And he's been recruited as a tight end at 6'2", 220. That's kind of surprising. But I mean, I, I guess I could see that. And I think his route running is very good for the position. And for a guy who is that size, or at least really thick at six foot two, I mean, he can return punts and kicks. And yeah, his ball skills are great. Good, good. That would be kind of expected, I guess, from him if he's even being recruited as a tight end. And um, with that frame, I don't know. And Keel Harry was a comp that I heard for him. I probably have the same concerns with Great House that I did for Harry. And I liked Harry back in the day, but kind of learning, I don't know if I like that player as much if there's those athletic limitations, especially not just talking about high, high school to college transition, but all the way to the NFL. So, I don't know. I thought Tylen Wallace is another comp that I don't mind. I think that's somewhat fair for him. Maybe some people don't think it's fair. But Jaden Greathouse, still think he's a top 20. And he could really, really uh, be a lot of fun if he goes to Notre Dame or maybe a school that's even more prolific. As far as other guys that I left off, I mean, Nathan Leacock, uh, Tennessee wide receiver. I don't know if he's getting propped up just – more so because he's going um, to Tennessee and he's got good speed and he's like six foot three, 200. There's a lot, a lot of good uh, factors there. Probably a great replacement for Cedric Tillman. Honestly, I just wasn't that impressed by his ball skills. I, and I don't know, his fluidity as a wide receiver was not sticking out to me, but again, his, his long speed is good. So good size speed in Tennessee. It'd be a lot of fun for years and years. 
yeah, I think that really effectively concludes the uh, players that I wanted to cover in this wide receiver class. And if there are guys that I clearly missed, please let me know because I'm still doing my research. I have the top, I have like 30, 30 to 31 guys that I've really looked at here in depth. And yeah, there's more guys coming along, especially late risers in the process. We want to be on top of those. But yeah, it's a fun wide receiver class. As you can see, I was rattling off all these names and, and breaking down these wide receivers. And there's a flavor for everybody. You like your tall wide receivers. There's plenty of them. You like your your playmaking smaller guys. They're they're there. You want your just kind of average size, but they can do a bit of everything. Yeah, there's those options in this draft class. And there's a lot of really, really attractive landing spots. Um, I'm, I'm surprised that team like FSU is getting in the action with the top recruit. That's awesome to see. Or Louisville. Yeah, but a lot of these other guys are going to big-name schools for putting out NFL talent. USC, Texas, Alabama, Ohio State, LSU. There's some guys a little bit lower down. Oklahoma's getting a couple of guys who I have in my top 20. Keon Brown, Jaquazy, Petaway. Yeah, there's a lot of good schools landing talent in this class. And that should be exciting for us. As, as much fun as it is to see these guys sometimes land at these really, really weird spots like Luther Burden at Missouri. It was fun at first, but now it's, it's not fun anymore. <laughs> the way he's being utilized, the way that he is not being played all over the field. And, you know, maybe some of it is his fault to a degree. You know, maybe he isn't quite the elite, elite player that we all projected him to be. I still think he's a very good player. His playmaking abilities are not, they're not finished by any means. So anyways, we, we want better landing spots though than Missouri. And we're getting that in this class, which is exciting. So hopefully you guys were able to gather some good information or at least glean some helpful things from this podcast. Um, as always, reach out if you have any questions. You can find me on Twitter. Um, I'm Aaron at Aaron Wilcox 86. Again, follow my my usual co-host at Dynasty Coach A. And for now, we're cashing out. Stay devoted, Debbie Devotional fans. We'll be back soon with another podcast. Take care.